Hello, Galaxy! Chris Perillo here, streaming live as a simulcast once again on twitch.tv slash chrisperillo, which is exactly where you can go during a live broadcast, of course, to interact and ask questions. That's the reason I'm simulcasting. The video that I stream will be deleted after the fact, though this podcast will stick around. I'm doing it so I can answer questions coming in and, and can do a live broadcast on Twitch on a regular basis. I, I tend to use it differently than other people do. Not sure if I'm going to use Twitch for gaming again. If I do, it will be after experimenting with Battlefront 2 gameplay on YouTube Live, youtube.com slash Star Wars Radar will hopefully work. And I know functionally it'll work, technologically it'll work, but I mean in terms of community engagement, will that work? I don't know. And I'll know maybe after a month's time. And if, if I feel that I could do better with it, then maybe I would uh, use the Star Wars Radar Twitch channel to spin that up. I wouldn't use the Chris Perillo Twitch channel. I'm inclined to do the IRL streams on uh, Twitch. Beyond that, I'm not sure if I'd see uh, too much engagement. As usual, we just wrapped up the live TLDR episode, The Locker Gnome Daily Report. Tomorrow... We are going to be doing a couple of live streams, TLDR, earlier in the day. And then later in the day, the iPhone 10 device drive. You have a chance to crowdfund an iPhone 10 review from me. A true iPhone 10 review. I, I'm, I'm nervous about this. I, I know we're definitely going to see some engagement. I, I'm probably more nervous that we won't make it compared to making it. I'd be happy if we made it. But I'm nervous about not making it because I know some people would you know, want to see that support go to an iPhone. And here's the thing, it will. Like, if we don't make that goal, it, it will go to an iPhone. It'll go to have effectively helping me make the iPhone 8 Plus review happen. That was all out of pocket. If I had a choice today, I would not have chosen the iPhone 8 Plus. It's not seeing much usage right now. Why? Because iOS. I've talked about this on a regular basis. Today's video in the Chris Perillo YouTube channel, youtube.com slash chrisperillo, as opposed to the Locker Gnome YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Locker Gnome. The Chris Perillo video was talking about how the iPhone 10 and its ilk, its uh, its peers, are too expensive for what you get. These $1,000 smartphones, and some people are amazed, but I'm not amazed. I'm not trying to justify that purchasing decision. Not remotely. I don't want to encourage that kind of behavior. That's all I'm seeing in comments, at least as far as pushback is concerned. People are trying to explain why it's worth $1,000. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're doing the wrong thing. You're encouraging that kind of behavior. Man, if you don't mind paying that much for something, the price is meaningless to you. Now, maybe you are in a payment plan. That is at least more acceptable. But to me, uh, on, uh, you know, on on all measurements, on all counts, I, uh, I believe that uh, Apple's asking that price because they know you're going to pay it. <laughs> Not because the device is worth that. They know you're going to pay it. I'm getting a few cheers in Twitch. I guess that means people send me icons. So thank you for sending me icons. That's that's amazing. I think each one is 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 worth something though. So that definitely adds up as as does being a sub with a big value uh, having access to Discord chat which is open 24/7. And you could also be a patron and access Discord chat just as easily. We had a couple of questions and uh, I guess comments come in before the live stream officially kicked off with the recording of this podcast, I give a few minutes after I start streaming for people to kind of trickle in. And uh, someone, and I appreciate the comment, though, though the way I responded, I'm not sure if it was it was taken as well as it, as it could have been taken. But uh, Alonzi 
had said, just a tip from someone who listens to the podcast regularly, and first of all, thank you for listening to the podcast. That I appreciate more than anything. I, I, I just don't know if it's got much of a, an audience or a community around it. Volume inconsistency is an issue. Maybe try to speak directly towards the mic. Well, I don't move around. I generally don't move my head. I generally speak in the same direction. The microphone I'm using... Microphone? Well, it does have foam on it. Uh, the, the microphone I'm using is uh, the, the one that I found produces the best audio for this particular scenario in, in relation to how I'm using it in terms of production, the setup, the hardware, because remember, I have to simplify things. So here's what happens. Speaking of simplification and Chris not having access to the tools that he needs because the software doesn't exist. If Chris gets the podcast done, transfers it over, and forgets to process the podcast, he uploads the podcast as is and forgets that he forgot the podcast uh, uh, process in the process. So if Chris forgets to do the whole thing that he's got to do to jump through all the hoops in the desktop tools that he has to use to podcast, podcast? there we go, process the podcast or podcast, and he has to do it and it doesn't get done, it doesn't happen. So when you are listening to the podcast and it does not sound prime, it could be that I forgot to process it, even though it got processed and pushed out. This is where I said months ago, there needs to be a tool that does that automatically. Like as I'm recording, it's just done. Like a normalization, done. Like all the boosting, done. You know, all the, the, the noise gates and you know filters and everything, done. But it doesn't happen that way. I, I, I just I, I wish it I wish it did. Because the more steps I have to take, the, the greater chance that I'm going to forget. And then if I forget it once and then do it the next time, I'll forget it again. What I'm saying is if I forget it once, I'll forget it the next time, I'll forget it the time after that until someone says something or I remember, oh yeah, I was supposed to do that. Which is the reason I make the same mistakes again and again. Sometimes I need to be reminded. I, I probably would have forgotten about it, quite honestly, if you had not said something. So thank you. Hopefully I will remember when I when I get the, the podcast done, this, this particular recording, and, and don't want to turn it around immediately, I'll, I'll remember to podcast it. It's, it's, it's tedious to me. Production is tedious to me. I, I don't know if I could even label myself as a video producer, a media producer. I, I, I produce. Yes, I make. I, 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 I present. I talk. But I am, I'm not ever going to want to be that type of person that sits behind a computer screen and just fiddles with waveforms and, and, and video clips. That's absolutely not me. Maybe someone else. Someone else may want to do that. That's great. That's not me. We had another question come in through uh, the, uh, the chat from a sub, F43A97, was asking, how does one make money putting together conventions? Oh, well, you don't. And if that response sounds flippant, let me just stop you before you get the idea that you can do it. Because you can. I'm not going to stop you from, from, from doing it, but it is probably one of the more challenging things that, that you can do. Which, if you can do it, gives you, you know, a, a certain degree of satisfaction because you've completed it. But the barrier to entry and the hurdles are so high to not just produce an event, but to produce an event that you can do more than once, to produce an event that people enjoy, and to produce an event that doesn't lose you money is a challenge. All those things are challenges. So in much the same respect as, you know, when I talk or I do a video or, you know, record my voice, let's say, uh, like a podcast, I'm speaking to everyone who's listening to me. 
And so I, it's my duty to do the best I can do, which I always do. I always do the best I can do. Um, sometimes best is not good enough. Sometimes best doesn't work. But every one of you who are listening to me, you're each a special interest group. Each one of you has a different need from me. And if I don't address your need and don't communicate that clearly enough, the value proposition, there's a disconnect. It's the reason why, you know, I'm inclined to start talking about Star Wars at the drop of a pin. And that's sometimes what happens if I'm, you know, really not feeling that there's much else that I want to talk about on any given day or I feel like I've already said everything I need to say or there's not a fresh question on the surface. I'll go that direction. So each one of you is a special interest group. Now, you're, for the most part, getting this product for free. Unless you're a sub, at which point you are supporting this product. If you are a patron, you are supporting this product. If you're merely listening, I don't know if I'd say that you're supporting. You're listening. That's great. That's awesome. I'm not slagging you for that, but you're not a supporter. You're a listener. You're, you're a passive listener. And you may, you may respond, you may interact, you may ask questions, but you know the podcast, in terms of what it is is supported by uh, the people who make it possible. And not every listener listener necessarily enables that process. The moment you start paying for something, and this is the clear separation here, I'm going somewhere. The moment you pay for something, the moment you really want your return on investment. That's why I'm very clear when I say, all right, the big value of being a sub of mine on Twitch is not just you know helping make these things possible. Uh, and, and, and the reason to be a patron on Patreon is to make these things possible. Uh, but the, I, I say that the direct value is being able to access Discord chat. That's effectively what, you, you yes, you're paying to support, but you're paying for a greater access to a greater community that's always there and always on and easily accessible. You're, you're getting something, not just the, the feel-good feeling, the feel-good, the good feeling you may get from, you know, effectively... You know, saying, I, I like Chris well enough and I like what he does generally enough that, you know, I'm going to help him along. I'm going to support him in the best way that I possibly can. And, and literally put your money where your mouth is. Or put your money where my mouth is. So at an event, every one of those people is a special interest group. They, they likely paid to, to come into the door. And the chances of things going wrong are greater than the chances of things going right. You can mitigate that. You can definitely, you know minimize the, the, the problems and those possibilities, but a lot of that only comes through experience. And if you're walking into it, you know, without any experience whatsoever, you're in for quite an experience, that's for sure. You don't make, you know, uh, you don't make mistakes if you don't try. But there are greater possibilities of you really messing things up with your first event if you don't do things well or well enough. That's why it's critical to, to you know, approach things cautiously. So you don't make money with a convention, necessarily. I can't think of any event that I've produced in the over 10 years of producing events that I've done that has lost money. Maybe the first one, maybe, but I don't think it did. When, when, when I did all the calculations of, of, of the costs associated and in, in, in the revenue generated, and, and if, I, if I use that first event to effectively get to a second event, I consider it a success. You do events 
because, you know, you want to make something happen. And I actually, I think I get more satisfaction from doing those types of events and hosting those types of events than I do from making content. The, the content online. Because the event is very much content. It's just content in real life. There, there are far greater, you know, possibilities of of of, of problems cropping up. But again, it, there's a, a a high barrier to entry versus online content, low barrier to entry. You know, you take your smartphone, you point it in a direction, you do something, and hey, you're done. You did it. You did everything that you needed to do, and you did it just like everybody else can. Anybody can do it. So anybody does it. Event production is different. Not anybody can do it, and certainly not anybody can do it well. So it's a higher barrier to entry. So that experience that I've accrued is very valuable. It's more valuable than what I might charge just for accessing one of my events. And I know you could even do an event for free. Some people do. Some people have a different business model. I, I'm not inclined to do that business model for all the reasons that I've experienced in hosting free events. Or even giving people a free ticket. I don't like doing it. There are rare exceptions to that. I do free content, but I don't necessarily like doing it as much as I wanted to do content specifically for those who were paying for it. I recognize content has a different role, but that only came through experimentation. So now we've got a pretty good workflow, a, 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 a decent flow with how we're doing things right now, and I'm going to iterate. I'm going to see you know, how it works with adding gaming to the mix now that we have a new Star Wars game on the horizon, doing it in a new channel. Well, it's kind of an old channel if you count Twitter with its 48,000 followers for Star Wars Radar. But pretty much all the content I do is free. It's not the best way to do it, in my estimation. Because people put a value on that. It's free, therefore what's it worth? Free. As someone who produces, that's, that's maddening. Because that's how people value me. They see me as worth as much as how much they paid for that content. Nothing. That's maddening. For someone who wants to create something... And someone who does create something and pours his, his heart and soul into something, it's maddening to know that in most people's eyes, the average listener, the average viewer's eyes, I'm worth nothing. Just think of how you would feel in, in your career. Let's not say job, in your career. And for better or for worse, this is my career. How would you feel if part of that proposition saw you as worthless? as easily replaced, as easily forgotten. That's how we sit on this side of the microphone, whether that be podcasters, whether that be event producers, whether that be content creators, whether that be entrepreneurs. That's how we feel when we pour ourselves into something for you, doing the best that we can do. So I, I, I'm glad you asked the question. It's not, it's not exactly a question that gets asked, you know, frequently. But, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm proud of, uh, you know, having been able to at least uh, make these events happen. I certainly haven't done it alone over all these years. Uh, and I'm definitely not going to stop. In fact, I, I've, uh, as I pointed out yesterday, written down plans or, or effectively uh, scratched down more of a, a summary of sorts in terms of a general direction, uh, directive. I've been passing it in front of a, a few peers here that I know uh, in, in the greater Seattle area because uh, I'm inclined to start launching into to partnerships and I can see a, a spinoff happening for what we're wanting to do, what I'm wanting to do with it. 
based upon what I know with the marketplace, based upon what I know about the audience, based upon where I know the, the industry is headed, based upon where I know I want to be in my career. And I just assume position myself, uh, not as a creator, uh, but more of a creator advocate. You know, so, someone who's, who's done this long enough to know. Yeah, I can produce an event, but, you know, it's, it's why you see a lot of event production companies out there. You know, they can do it for themselves, but you can do a lot better for yourself if you do it for other people. I know that. If you don't know that about your career, you may want to add two and two together and see if you come up with four. Bartan3 mentions in Discord chat, but the super chats, super chats help show value, no? They do. Thank you for the super chats. Those are the little things you can do on YouTube when I'm streaming live on YouTube. Only when I'm streaming live on a YouTube uh, channel. You press a little super chat button and then, you know, donate an amount and then maybe ask a question, maybe say something, maybe get a shout out. Uh, there's definitely a value to those. Don't get me wrong. But what you got to remember, too, is that Google takes a 30% cut, just like every platform takes a cut. You don't see that. You don't see all the cuts. You don't see where those costs go because for you as a supporter, a lot of that is uh, not transparent. But that's how it is. That's an absolute reality. Everyone wants a cut. Everybody wants a cut. And sometimes that's just the cost of doing business. Because of the simplicity. Someone suggested, well, couldn't we just do this, this, and this? And like, you don't understand. Removing friction is absolutely critical. So on, on YouTube, when I'm streaming live, you know, if I, if I pushed you to a third-party website while you were watching this video or were listening to this video or, let's say, whatever I was doing live and, and, and requested you to do something, the chances of you doing it wouldn't be all that great versus being able to do it right there, convenient, with a button, on the same page, the same app that you're using right now to watch the thing that I'm talking about. Reduction of friction is critical. So it, it, it comes with a cost. But yes, it certainly shows that someone appreciates what it is that I'm doing, but it, it's, it's not, uh, I think, indicative of what it is that I might do. For example, it's taken me 20 years to tell you some of the things that I tell you. But unfortunately, that information, sorry, not just information, that knowledge that I'm laying down is worth only as much as how many people click on the video. It's not that that insight is valuable to, to, to everybody. It's, it's valuable to you. But in this marketplace, an ad-driven economy, typically on a live video or just a video in general on YouTube, it's only worth as much as the people who watch an ad. Super Chats help boost that value. They give it a greater value, uh, you know, or at least increment it in terms of a return on my investment of spending time or my investment of spending 20 years doing the things that I've done. But do you understand that? Like imagine if I had a, a, a bit of information that saved you $100. It saved you. It literally gave you $100 back on something that you were doing or thinking of doing anyway. You saved $100 in the process, uh, in, in the process of something that I, I uh, shared with you. 100 bucks. But in that video that you watched, you know, in, in all the value that was, you know, brought to it from super chatters or, or people who watched ads or watching through YouTube Red, let's say I only made $20. So you made more from the information that I gave you than I made from sharing the information. Do you understand the disconnect there? It's not something that a lot of viewers or listeners necessarily pay attention to. But it's, it's, it's an absolute. See, to me... 
it should be the other way around. That 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 information is not just information. It's 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 knowledge. It's it's accrued experience. That's worth more. Because without it, you wouldn't be able to have saved in this example, this arbitrary example, a hundred dollars. I, I was not again planning on answering these types of questions in the podcast, but it is the Chris Perillo podcast, so I guess anything goes. I am going to go ahead and wrap it up. I've been trying to keep these short at about uh, 20 minutes or so. Uh, but uh, I really, really appreciate that uh, that you asked the questions you did. I like diving into these topics. I do talk about this stuff, just not with the, the general audience that, that pays attention to me. You know, I, I unfortunately sometimes get typecast as someone who can only talk about dinner as Jedi yells in the background, Coming! That Komita is ready. Dinner time is ready. So she's wrapping me up. Um, you know, I, I get typecast as... <laughs> okay, give me a minute! <laughs> I really do hope you could hear that. I don't know if it's really going to work after normalization. I will remember to pod or process this podcast, though. Um, I get typecast as someone who's only as good as talking about the latest gadgets. Which, quite honestly... If I hear someone else ask me, hey, iPhone versus Android, one more time, it's so pedestrian. I mean, I, I get it. It gets the attention. But, man, there's only so many times you can talk about it before you, you can't talk about it anymore. I'd rather talk about technology as an enabler, man. That's, that's the power of it. That was just a genre that, 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 that I uh, you know, went with way back in the day, 20 years ago. My vertical. But I understand its power for any topic, any genre, any uh, uh, conference, any uh, uh, prospect of doing business these days is inevitably tied into technology. That's what I understand. That's where the deeper value is. All, all this gadget device software talk, you know, as far as talking with other, uh, you know, people who like talking about that stuff, it's... It's interesting at a different level for me. I don't think about it 24-7. I, I don't care to talk about it 24-7. Y'all might. That's great. I'm happy to enable that as a part of the community, but but the conversations that I really enjoy having are, are, are specifically around how technology can enable certain things, business models, experiences, etc. Not technology for the sake of technology, people. I have been saying this for years. Chris has not changed one iota. At least as far as that concerned. Oh, that's concerned. I apologize. I do have to wrap this up. Uh, Jedi's getting very impatient. She's probably hungry, waiting for me. Very, very nice. Very kind. Very courteous. I'm also getting very hungry. But I uh, wanted to spend this time with you before I spent time with my family just to know where you rank. I spent time with them already today, but I definitely wanted to spend time with you. Thank you for asking questions. Really appreciate especially these different kinds of questions. That's what I truly appreciate. Because I don't get them all that often. I don't get to talk about this stuff all that often, especially with you. So thank you uh, for listening. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for being a sub. Thank you for being a patron. Thank you for super chatting. Thank you for just doing whatever you're doing. Supporter, listener, whoever you are, whatever you are, you are appreciated. I love you and appreciate you. At this point, however, I'm going to leave you to your own devices. And may the Force be with you. <laughs>